have a dream that all men are created equal. Welcome back to Your Story. I'm your host, Ian Kath. This is episode 53. How are you, everybody? How's things going out there in the big world? I'm back with another episode. There's not a great deal of news. I've got a bit, little bit. I um, have been very busy over on the new site. Since we spoke last, I've done about another six episodes over on the new site that I've been producing. The new show, if you don't know about it, it's a... Um, I've mentioned briefly to you on the last proper podcast episode, and I did an addendum episode where I explained a lot more about it, but basically it's a site where I'm showing people how to record life stories, encouraging folk to get out there and record their grandfather or their uncle or maybe somebody like my mum, for argument's sake, is thinking about doing it. They grab their laptop, they sit down, they get a microphone, and they start recording their own personal life story. I'm generating the content that will... Give them the information so they can learn how to do this because, frankly, you know, three years ago I didn't know how to do it either. And, and as you know, I've been putting out these podcast episodes for some time and I've learned a great deal about sitting down and talking to people and uh, podcasting. And I remember how difficult it is and how to share that information I think would be a really good thing to get them so that they can go and record people or record themselves and then have that information available for other people who come along later. Anyway, that's what I've been doing. That's over at createyourlifestory.com. If you haven't checked it out, please pop on over there and have a bit of a poke peep and uh, see what I'm up to. But that is all a bit of a spin-off from where we are right now, which is your story. And your story is a very special place because this is where I like to get around and meet people who uh, have something interesting to say. And today is another one of those sort of shows. You can always get hold of me over at the site. It's uh, yourstorypodcast.com, of course. And just send me an email via chat at yourstorypodcast.com. We've got a Facebook fan page, Twitter. Um, you can get me. I'm Ian Kath. I use my name, so it makes it nice and simple. Today's show, of course, is brought to us with the music anyway from the lovely people at IOTO PromoNet uh, at IOTO Reliance. They have a huge resource of music that's available uh, each album that they have online has a couple of tracks that they you allow people like myself to use. And if you go to the site, yourstorypodcast.com, this is episode 53, of course, down the bottom is the links to the music that I've used. And in amongst those links, you can actually download these particular tracks that I've used in the background. So if you like it, go and grab it, have a listen to it. And if you really like it, go and get the album off them. There are links there to take you to iTunes and places like that so that the artist can earn a little bit of money. As a matter of fact, this particular piece of tango music that you can hear under me right now is quite well known. But what surprised me about this, and when I found it over at Promonet, I was surprised that it has an oriental bent. You can hear the instruments are a little bit different to what you normally hear. And I thought, ah, that's really cool. And we talk about, during this episode, about how tango is now a world dance and not just something from Argentina. Anyway, today's show is a little bit of a self-indulgence. 
I don't, but I think it's interesting. I've had to go through and edit it, of course, so I've had a bit of a listen back to it. And I think it's all relevant to you guys out there. It's not just a total indulgence on my part. But a couple of tango teachers were just recently here in Brisbane. So I've invited them to come on the show and share a bit with us about what it's like to be a travelling tango teacher. And what is this tango dance all about? What's it about? And how does it vary from other different forms of dance? And what's it like to travel throughout Australia and New Zealand and how does that compare to Argentina and how is Argentina going lately and you know is it you know, powering or is it a bit of a cot case we have a bit of a discussion about all this it is a little bit of an indulgence about tango but hey that's what they're here for and at the end of the day that's Fabrizio's and Celi's story 15th of June 2010 welcome back everybody I'm sitting here with a couple of my tango teachers and we're going to talk about several things. I haven't actually discussed with you what we're going to talk about, but welcome Fabrizio and Sealy to your story. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to hearing it. What we're going to talk about and what I'd like to find, what I'd like to ask you a little bit about is what's it like coming to Australia? What's it like in Buenos Aires? And what's it like being a traveling professional teacher of any style, but particularly tango? It's a particular lifestyle that most people never get a chance to touch on and understand. And I'm a little bit interested to know what that lifestyle is like. So first of all, a little bit of background, Fabrizio. Um, you're from Buenos Aires? Yeah, all my life I live in Buenos Aires. Just one year I was more like traveling and visiting Europe and London. But all the rest of my life I spent it in, in Buenos Aires. You know, that main half of the population of Argentina live there in the, in the same city, you know. Mm. What do you think of Buenos Aires? I've been there. I spent a month there with you last year. What do you think of it, <laughs> being a local? A very strange place now that I'm knowing more and more the world. In the sense that it's a place full of fun, uh, full, full of nightlife. But on the other hand, it has the bad compensation that is more difficult to get on with a good life in the um, in the economic sense, no? It's, it's, it's not so easy to make a living. The system is not the best one. It's going through hard times, I would say. Has it always gone through hard times? Or just since the 2001 economic crisis? Uh, it has, uh, during all this, during all my life, there is some short periods that you feel that things are really going better. And in fact, they go better for a couple of years. But then things like with the years, people are losing more and more the hope uh-huh. that it will be a solution in the long run. So there is always a hope that maybe in the next few years things will go relatively okay and things are re- going relatively okay now. But we know that sooner or later, uh, for if you are planning something for the, for the long term, it's very difficult that you will yeah. succeed. Yeah. Would you choose to live somewhere else other than Buenos Aires? Not yet. Why? <laughs> I guess because of the nightlife and <laughs> because of the... Do you have a good the... life there? See, si, I do. But you have to give up, of course, a lot of, let's say, these countries I'm referring to, the already developed countries, no? and I'm clearly including Australia, is that a place where you can work hard and you know that your future is relatively safe, let's say. Mm. In Argentina, you will never reach that feeling. So it's more or less, 
useless to keep working in that way unless the, you are an exceptional successful guy a, a normal a normal person of the everyday life would never had guaranteed his future or you actually enjoy the present or see maybe it would be an excellent way of thinking to just move somewhere else does that explain that very laconic that very relaxed attitude of people in argentina that whole manana thing i don't know what do you think i don't know i i'm surprised at the relaxed attitude of people here <laughs> but still your system works still things get done I don't find it much different. The relaxed attitude here to Buenos Aires is just maybe the relaxed attitude in Buenos Aires is because we know things don't always work. So we go, yeah, that's how it is. And that's, that's kind of where that comes from, you know? Mm. It's the first time you've spoken, Celie. <laughs> what's, what you what's, um, what's your background, Celie? You, you have a very obvious accent. <laughs> especially to we English speaking ears. Well, uh, I was born in Argentina, not in Buenos Aires in the city like Fabricio. Um, I was born in Buenos Aires, the state in a city called Pergamino, which is north. But I lived in Argentina until I was five. And then I lived most of my life in the States. Whereabouts? That's a good question. A lot in Kentucky when I was much younger then mostly New York and California. So, and I went to school in Virginia. So I've had quite a range of the cultural influence of mm. the States. Um, and when did yeah. you return to Argentina? I returned when I was 25. So you spent so, 20 years in the United States? Yeah, most of my life. What do you think of yourself as inside, in your heart? Are you Argentine or are you... North American, the United States. We say American, don't we? But when you're talking about the both America, you know, what do you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. it's, it's exactly. Some people United get States it here. I don't know if I feel really a part of anything anymore. I think if I think about it, I'm I'm Argentine because regardless of where you are, the way that your parents bring you up has a lot to do with what you feel, with what you end up feeling. So. I feel in a way like an Argentine with a different education and with a different influence. So whereas would you would you parallel it to being almost like you just went to boarding school? If you could imagine a boarding school where everything is different and the culture is different and everything works differently and it's completely different from where you come from then maybe yeah. Okay. Maybe. But I feel like there's parts of me that are very Argentine and there are parts of me that knows of a different way, knows of a different possibility. And there are millions of possibilities out there, which is why I love to travel. So, mm. Why are you in Australia? Why we are in Australia? It's an obvious question to me. But See, no, we listening. come mainly for tango, of course. But it's also a place which I like a lot. In the sense that, what I'm trying to say is, you can go for tango as well to USA and Europe. And there are very important markets there. Australia does have a very nice attitude. In some ways, it's, it's even similar to Argentina, no? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's strange because we are so different in some way and so similar in another way, you know? Uh, once you are a little bit in, in the States or in Europe, you definitely feel 
that there are some things in common here in the south, no? I don't know, it's also very nice, the fact that you have, which is strange for us, so many cities, and each one with its own character, and each one so independent. You see what I mean? In Argentina, you have Buenos Aires, and that's it. Mm, yeah. There are a few other cities, but the truth is that if they want to improve a little bit, immediately they have to go to Buenos Aires, for tango purposes at least. Here, no, you clearly have Brisbane, then you clearly have Melbourne, and Adelaide, and Sydney, and each city has a completely different personality. Even Canberra, which is so close from Sydney, is completely different. It's cost much smaller, but... You're describing that in regards to tango, but do you see that the same in regards to the whole city, the culture of the city? There are some things that are, of course, in common. Everything is Australia, no? And, and comparing to Buenos Aires, you would say, here things definitely work. That's the main difference. <laughs> But besides that, besides that, uh, yeah, you can, see a li you can clearly see a difference which is natural as well, because yeah. here in Brisbane, now we are having an excellent day, for example, and I know people in Adelaide are having quite a cold well, temperature it, it, because it we just winter. come from the air, and, yeah. you know, it's like, it's really cold, yeah. and Melbourne as well. But and even, I would say, even geographically, each city changes quite a bit. See. Uh, Adelaide, so to us, it's really surprising how prim and proper and organized Adelaide is. And um, Canberra, for example, does kind of feel like this huge campus, the way it's laid out and organized. And to me, Brisbane is kind of this weird mix between a warm city and relaxed beach environment. environment. Melbourne is really industrial and really spread out. So we, I don't know, I go to all these cities and notice See. how hugely they are to us really different, each one. Um, Sydney still fascinates me as how clean it is. <laughs> Being such a huge city, it's so amazingly clean and organized that every time we go there, I, I just feel like I'm walking around with my mouth open, you know. I love Sydney. I think it's a beautiful city with the beaches and the harbour and everything. Yeah. Just, just a beautiful city. We haven't met the beaches yet. We have. We never get to go to the beaches no. because we're so busy. Mm -hmm. But but I think there are few cities in the world. There are some, but very few cities in the world that manage to be such a large city and maintain such you know sparkly cleanliness and no, beauty. No, it's unbelievable. Coming from abroad, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And where whereabouts? Where else do you travel overseas? I've seen in you the past. Mm, I've seen you here twice now. From Europe, not so much as other dancers in the sense of spread, because I was quite concentrated a lot in Germany, uh, which I like it a lot, by the way. Northern Europe, Denmark, Sweden, England, that's it, I would say. All around the States, almost all of it. Uh, some countries, I would say the South is definitely much more interesting than the North. If you take into account that you have Argentina, places like Argentina, Brazil, South Africa, or Australia, I'm not saying I'm not saying uh, they're having a good time. I would say Australia is having it, not the rest. But definitely, they are interesting places. Mm, let's not forget New Zealand either. Uh, yeah, I would I would say Australia and New Zealand. No, they are like going hand by hand. That is not going on in Latin America. You see what I mean? In Latin America, you definitely have 
one country which is let's say the closest to to Australia in the Australian way which is Chile oh. okay it's doing it really really good it's really doing fantastically it doesn't have let's say like Australia 100 years doing it in the right way they have started only 30 years ago but they, they have already been like 30 years doing it right which does that, for, for Latin America means a lot. Does that give you hope for Argentina, if they could maybe learn from the Chilean model? Uh, it's, it's our last hope. Oh, that's a big statement. It is, sorry. It is definitely our last hope, at least mine, uh, in the sense that I don't think you need, we need to actually copy or nothing like that, but it shows that things are possible in Latin America as well. Okay, of course, Argentina had to live their own process, its own process, and to discover its own way, no? But let's say between Chile and Argentina, you also have Brazil, which is not doing it as good as Chile, but it, it's not as lost as Argentina. Mm -hmm. So they are, they are doing it relatively okay, and because they are such a huge country, uh, they can survive with their own power, no? It's like a little United States, let's say. It's so huge that they have their own market. and So if they do it relatively okay, things will work out for them. It's not our case. But if, keep, if things keep improving for, the, for those two, Argentina sooner or later will have to find a way, just because, you know, the sandwich effect. Mm. You are in mm. the middle of two people who are doing very good, so you, mm. you will be more or less taken. Mm, I understand, I understand. That's what I think is, a, it's, is the biggest hope. This lifestyle that you've got, do you aspire to travel permanently? Or is it... Do, do I, sorry? Do you want to travel permanently? Or do you want to maintain the mm. lifestyle where you stay in Buenos Aires and just come away for a month or two? It's a question that has no answer. You never know. You're trying to do what you feel that year let's say. No, you're always balancing. Mm -hmm. A tango teacher is how you make your money, how you survive? See, for example, in, in the past, there were some years that my first years, I, I actually did one year a lot of traveling, one year almost without any traveling at all. Uh, at all. Then another year a lot of traveling, then another, because the traveling also depends on what you want, not only economically. It's a combination of things where you have the economic reasons, but definitely as well the way you feel. In the difference between tango and the rest or, and other jobs. In arts, it's very difficult that if you don't feel in the right way, you will do a good job. Very, very difficult, at least in our case. Because if you're unhappy, you transmit that to the people who are working with you, who are learning from you. So finally, nobody wants to work with you. <laughs> it's, it's common sense. Yes. So it's very important that you keep this idea that you really are enjoying what you do. Not only because you need to be happy, but also because what you do, it won't work if it's not in that way. Do you enjoy teaching tango? Yes, I do. Why? Yes, I do. Uh, of course, there are moments that you feel tired and you feel sure. like, today I would like to, I don't know, to run away and go to the beach, yes. But what's, what's the satisfaction of teaching tango? I think one of the most important things is 
that I had a lot of trouble my own to learn it. Uh, I was not originally a dancer, so I come from a theoretical background, I would say, and not a dancing background. So at the beginning it was really tough. How long have you been dancing now? Ten years. It's not long. Ah, 98. Yes, okay. I started in 98. Um, 12 years would be now. I, I was not a natural dancer. I felt a lot of trouble to do it. I don't know. I feel that in some way I enjoy the fact that other people which are in my condition or in the same condition I was are able to do the same process and discover something so fantastic for the people who are non-dancers. You see what I mean? For a dancer doing tango, yeah, well, maybe he can find something which is more interesting because normal dancers or the rest of the dancers are more uh, involved with the connection with their own body. Let's put it in that way. And how to deal with their own body. While the interesting thing about tango is that you learn how to deal with the body of the other one. Okay? That's the the interesting part about tango. Still, for a normal dancer, that could be very interesting. But for somebody who was not a dancer, this should be ten times more interesting. You see, it's like the theory of compensation. If, if you were a dancer, for you, should be more interesting to do some, I don't know, kind of research in whatever, you know, it's something more intellectual, I would say. But if you were all your life, like usually happens a lot in Western societies, that you are developing, you're dedicating a lot of time either to computers, either to finance, either to engineer, or any other of full intellectual activity, I feel that is an excellent way to compensate with dance. Usually what happens is people compensate a lot with sports. But what happens with sports is that in the Western way, they are still quite brutal. Okay, I'm not talking about rugby. I'm talking about <laughs> any sport. Even tennis is, is usually the way we approach it is quite brutal. No, it's like, well, this is the way here you have the ball. Do it 10,000 times. And usually you learn it through a process which is uh, full of tension, full of force, overtraining to be intellectual. When, at, when we attack our body, we are quite stupid. This is what I'm trying to say. And, and tango has that, are you saying? Tango has the ability to be physical but clever. Exactly. That's, that's what I feel that it has very interesting. It should be in every dance. But in tango, you are obliged to. In other dances, if you don't do it, you more or less survive. You, are still, you still see a lot of dancers which don't find their way or get a lot of injuries and blah, blah, blah. But in tango, if you don't do it, your partner complains. <laughs> you have somebody there who's telling you you're taking me down or you're not doing it in the proper way or it doesn't feel nice with you. This is the limit, no? For the sake of the listeners, why is tango different to the other dances? Basically this, because you, your first commitment is your partner. So your first commitment is to make your partner enjoy. So it's like if we dance together, I have the commitment to make you enjoy 
and you have the commitment to make me enjoy. So it's like an, an exchange, no? I want to be better, so you have fun, and finally you want to dance with me, and you want to be better, so I have fun, and I want to dance with you. While in other dances it's like, I have to be better, so I finally can reach to do more difficult things, and I look better. There's a very slight, huge and, difference. And, where, and where, where is your partner in that relationship with the other dancers? To, I would say, to look great. Yes, the priority, I would say, is that. And to know more steps. And if your partner knows more steps and you know more steps, you can do more things. You do because more things. you know steps. It works better, yeah. yes. You do okay. more things, you do more flashy things, people are more amazed. It's more fun, obviously, for you as well. We both look better. And we have more fun the more, ex the more advanced we get. Whereas in tango, it's almost like the more you learn to listen and read your partner, that's what develops. That's what makes you more, that's what makes you advance in the dance. And that building that communication is what allows you, what gives you the freedom to then do more advanced steps, let's say. Yeah. Whereas in many, in many social dances, you learn more steps and you both learn your parts and you learn what you're supposed to do. So it almost works with just about anyone and that's fun. It's easy. It doesn't take much work, but in tango, you have to not only work on yourself, but you have to work on your ability to adapt yourself to the other person that you're dancing with. Because it's not just about, I know the technique and I know how to communicate and I know how to listen now. Really, for me anyway, in tango, every embrace is, indifferent, is different. So every time that you embrace someone, you understand the technique, but you also have to understand that person. In a very small amount of time, you have very little time to adjust to the way that person feels, find the way to connect with that person, and find a way to be yourself. Still, not lose yourself and obsess only about following that person and connecting with them, but also how do I follow, how do I connect with this person's embrace and lead, and how do I maintain feeling... It sounds difficult. <laughs> I think that's what makes it, for me, one of the most difficult social dances. Now, let's just backtrack a little bit, Celia. You have a dance background. Yes. So, I'm not unlike Fab... Yes, you we're quite know, opposite in that. You way. know a fair bit of the other stuff, the other theory. Yeah. Give us give us a bit of background. Well, actually, I have a strange dance background because I always wanted to dance my whole life, but for one reason or another I couldn't. So I was a gymnast from very young, from the age of five. Um, and then when I was 13, I decided I wanted to dance, so I went to my own dance classes on my own. Um, and I got accepted into a dance arts high school and from there on I trained um, extensively in ballet and modern dance and then I decided to go into the university for modern dance and when I was in university I was already working with a professional company but it's interesting because throughout those periods you, we would always you know in, at Alvin Ailey in New York or whatever 15 year old girls going trying to sneak into bars swing bars that you're not allowed to go to because you're not 18 And we would sneak in because we knew some dancer, you know. And I would just go to a swing bar, for, for say, and, and be thrown into the mix, be thrown into dance with guys, and I could follow it. Because you watch the girl next to you, you see the basic pattern, and, and you kind of get the idea. And the men lead with, if they can tell that you don't know what you're doing, they lead with a little more force, and it works. And so in my life, I never actually studied 
any other form of social dance because I didn't really find the need. Like I never, I've never taken a salsa class, but if I would go salsa dancing with my friends, I could get away with faking it, as we say, yeah? I think tango is really different than that. I think the first year that I studied tango, I actually studied. I learned with somebody who also taught me to memorize steps, you know, because he could tell that I was good at that, so that worked. But that's not what it's about. So when you start learning it, you go, oh, this is, I know I can't learn steps in this situation, in this dance. I actually have to learn something. There's something else there that a lot of people don't talk about and, and maybe don't even know how to talk about or they don't know how to teach that. But you find that there's something here. There's something that I'm not getting. And so that feeling of there's something I don't understand and there's something that's not working and there's something that I can't just look at the girl next to me and, and fake it. That's what makes it really interesting. I, I find as a dancer, no, it's, it's like the first time that you can't fake it, basically. What is that thing? It's learning to let go of your own mind and of what you think is coming or what you think it's supposed to look like or what you think it's supposed to be and, and finding a way to tap into what your partner is suggesting. For instance, I have a way of listening to a song, and Fab has a way of listening to a song. And quite differently also, because I also am trained in music, so I oftentimes hear things that he doesn't hear, and he, he hears things, little things that I don't hear. But I don't, when I dance with him, I don't get to not necessarily accent those moments that I would accent, that I would hear. I have to follow what it is he feels. So I have to be able to listen to his body, listen to what it is he he's feeling in that moment and try to dance with him on what he's feeling rather than take the step that I would like to take, take it in the way that I would like to take it. Do you see? And the, and then the most challenge is after you've begun to listen to your partner and you can find a way to connect through your embrace, how do you follow what they hear and what they feel and find yourself in that? So I think there's even a step beyond just being a follower. It's, there's something more. There's more than just following. You have to follow and be able to dance and express yourself, even though maybe you're expressing someone else's timing or someone else's ear, if that makes sense. And that's fascinating because you are not necessarily in control all the time, which as a trained dancer, you're taught to be in control all the time. And when it works, what's it feel like? Hmm. Floating, it feels like kind of flying in a way, mindless. I think, it, ironically, though I'm not the one in control at all, it feels completely free. And with some people it doesn't work. With some people you clearly feel like you're dancing with different uh, theories or ways of connecting or ways of embracing or with different heights that just don't work, whatever. Some people it never works. But then when you find people that it works with, for me it feels totally free. It's a place where you connect with just movement and the other person's pure movement and not with your mind. And it's powerful, I think, when we're in a world where we're constantly making decisions and constantly having to control or feel like we have to control every situation of our day to find a space where if you can let go and let go of yourself, um, you find freedom in that also, and that's quite powerful. 
I don't know what it's like for a leader, though, because the leader has to <laughs> has to make all those decisions and lead all of those things. So, I what's it know. like for a leader, Fab? No, I think basically we are looking for the for the same for the same feeling. Yeah, I would say first of all, for me, the most important thing is to get a nice embrace, no? Because if you get a partner that you feel already a little bit awkward in the embrace, it's almost impossible that you succeed in the rest. But once you get that, I would say the second thing is this floating feeling, mm. which comes from a nice walking, which already gives you the first most two most important pleasures. Because if you can just embrace somebody in a nice way, walk in a nice way and feel that more or less you are already in the music in that way is already pleasant itself mm -hmm. and it can give you a lot of pleasure and this is more or less the advantage that tango music has on other musics we are not saying it's better at all but taking into account this the, the normal speed of tango of the beat is is quite ideal for this compared to Uh, pop music or any kind of other dances or musics that usually are quite faster. So they actually are more tiring or it's easier to fall into force, no? And then every, everything becomes more tiring or more tensing. Tango has this speed, a little bit lower speed than normal pop music that is ideal to go on with the natural walking. And then, of course, once you pass through all these things, the last aim is the lot of pleasure with the music as well. When you actually start going more and more and more with the music, and you, it can actually become quite playful. Celie talked about not thinking. Do you end up in the same place of not thinking? Um, this is the aim, definitely. For the man, is 100 times more difficult, no? Because of the issue of the control. So that's why at the beginning, the 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 leader or the man has to struggle much more than the follower, because he's struggling with what to do. Let's say at the beginning, no? While she can stress already in how she should do her things and not what to do. Um, is when you actually feel so comfortable with that partner that you you can start actually doing anything because whatever you do it feels fine you just do it and it works and you feel it feels great so you can keep going with other things no that's that's it's the ideal world no that's where we are all trying to go uh, yeah I've, I've just started tasting those experiences it's, nice. <laughs> it's very nice See, of course it comes and go. You reach that situation, you feel in heaven, and then you go back to the clouds, you know. <laughs> for, a few, yeah. for a few weeks you, you start struggling again, but that's the way to, to grow, because you are incorporating more knowledge, more sequences, more possibilities, and then things become clear, 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 and then you get a good communication with your partner, and again, you have a situation where you feel like in heaven. Is it a good lifestyle? Traveling, living in Buenos Aires, getting away, is this what you're after? Is this the ideal? 
for me, for me, it's nice right now. Right. But as I said, year by year. Silly. <laughs> um, yeah, I I love traveling. I'm always the one who's like, let's let's do something. Let's do let's plan something else for next year. Let's go. Let's do <laughs> because I well, he's traveled a lot more than I have. No, but probably we will travel a little bit more next year for sure. Now, I saw a very special performance that you did a couple of weeks ago that you're going to reveal in New Zealand when you get over there. Um, I'd love a copy of that video at some stage. Uh, We'll we'll send you one. And I'll put that underneath this post on the the site. Ah, okay. Uh, Okay. And I'm not going to say any more about it, but it was the the Kiwis are going to love it. And um, I'll just leave it at that. Well... I think so. People know, because um, if they see that, they go, "What? This is this is the tango. This is tango that they're talking about." We we do like to have fun. We do like to um, play with the knowledge that we both have, because Fab studies other dances as well, and and I have other dance training as well, and am interested in those dances that he studies, and um, so we do like to begin to play, so that we don't ourselves get bored with the typical tango image and I think that makes it fun too for our you know and there are different ty- there are different types of tango too isn't there like the tango that we do at a tango dance a malonga mm-hmm. tends to be a lot more sedate and personal than what people would see in that video which is very much show tango yes well it's, it's that's that is a need not because when you are dancing in, in in the dance in the social dance itself you have the commitment with your partner, with the music, but also with all the rest of the people. So you actually have to calm down because you have to. You you what people don't realize is uh, it plays into a huge factor that plays is that you have to be respectful of everyone in the space. So you can't come in and start whipping around all the fancy tricks you know because you may knock the person next to you. So what's beautiful about the social dance is not you're not only dancing like he said with your partner and the music but you're dancing with everyone in the room actually in in tango i don't know how it's in the rest of the dances but i know many dances or at least in buenos aires you see people when they go for salsa rock and roll each one keeps its own space you see what i mean but in tango it's not like that every had everybody has to keep dancing with the rest which means there is a, um, I don't know, this counterclockwise. It's a uh, flow. The dance floor flow is constantly of moving. the whole dancing the floor. Da- no? Yeah, the dance itself travels, which many social dances actually mm. don't do. Do you do much tango work behind the scenes, behind the classes that you do, behind the performances? Do you practice a lot? So when we actually need to do a choreography, yes, we need to dedicate some time to build up the choreography, the same as any other couple. This is what we teach, so we have to. We we work on showing that in our dancing, and even in our choreographies, we work on our choreographies coming from a place of connection, and and we try to do things that are plausible, that are things that could actually be led and could actually be done, which what oftentimes happens with choreographies is people make um, very show-stopping moves for for the for the wow factor. Um, but there may be not necessarily something that could actually ever be led, led. <laughs> and done. And they so have to be purely choreographed. They're purely choreographed. So we try to do, to come up with fun things 
and that they still come up, they still come from a place of being led. The differences of our choreographies is if Fab forgets the choreography, it really doesn't work <laughs> because I can't fake it because I'm waiting. I am actually like waiting for his lead for whatever crazy thing we're about to do. Does that happen? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quite often. <laughs> Quite often. More than you would think. Luckily, because Luckily people, it happens in because little we keep changing the choreographies. People don't know them by memory, so they don't know it. <laughs> yeah, people can't go, I saw this last year, and ooh, they did something totally different there. <laughs> you know, they can't do that because they don't get to see them that often. So but but that's, I think, a challenge. In every city, it's a little bit different. Really? See, there's yeah. always one or two situations where... Which, which is beautiful because it means that you're obeying the rules of tango. That's our challenge when we make things. I mean, that's If, if we... it was purely choreographed, yeah, it, it wouldn't be tango in its essence it'd be exactly it'd be all the other dances if we do it in a choreographical way yes for sure which is what and, a lot of show tango it. does yeah actually but <laughs> when we're not making choreographies i would love to practice every once in a while every few days but we're in very different stages with tango you know because he's been dancing it for 12 years and i've been dancing it now for only three years so i'm still very much um, wanting to constantly work on my connection and my ability to to follow and feel things mm -hmm. and, and be re a responsive follower, um, which he feels that for other dances that are more new to him. So we also have to find, we try to find our balance. There is something so. I would like to talk about. Sure. There is a little thing that bothers me a lot, and it's the feeling that many people have in Argentina and outside Argentina that tango is an Argentine thing. Isn't it? It's not at all. Not from the point of view of what I like from tango. Of course, if we're talking regarding the music, of course, if we are talking about <clears throat> the music itself, Argentina has a clear advantage because, let's say, 90% of the tangos of the world will compose there. Even if you also have some very strong current as well in East Europe, you know, in the area of uh, Yugoslavia and all that area, there is a very strong tango background as well. And you could also find some other kind of music which have a very similar beat or something like that. Regardless of the music, when it comes to the dance itself, yes, it was fully developed in Buenos Aires. But this was many years ago, and during the last 10 years, the information has been spread among the world in a completely. I mean, absolutely all the teachers, and the most important they are, the less they are in Buenos Aires. The information now is as much as abroad as in Buenos Aires, and people need to get rid of this idea of that, ah, well, he's from Buenos Aires, so he has easiness. That easiness doesn't exist at all. The only advantage of somebody who is in Buenos Aires is that he has easy, everyday access to it. More than teachers, I would say, dances. You see what I mean? Mm. In that regard, there is a huge difference still between Buenos Aires and other places. Not big cities. For example, there are big cities like uh, Berlin or London or New York where you actually have every night two or three places a night. So you actually yeah. do have a lot of offer. 
If you don't take that into account, the information is absolutely the same. So you don't have to go to Buenos Aires to learn? Not at all. Not at all. And more than that, you not only don't have to go to Buenos Aires, but also you actually don't need to be Argentinian, you know? You don't need to have that thing in your blood that doesn't exist at all. We, you know, people have this impression that the that tango teachers in Buenos Aires have been, are those kids who started dancing at the age of six? Because right you know? now, the truth is right now, during the last years, it is a lot of kids learning, like kids I'm referring, let's say, be teenagers, okay? Because they put it in the programs, in the school programs. Oh, uh, okay. Okay? But like only, 10 years ago. Only because it's become back in style. Claro, but, but because it has, no, it, I think it has become a political issue. Uh, well, Okay, yeah. like, we are, tango is Argentinian, and now they put it in school, mm -hmm. so everybody dances. And so now, you have the children from, the teenagers coming out from school, who are all dancing. And you can get fabulous dances, in fact. Okay? But this was not our times. And in fact, I don't consider it natural at all. Because tango music is not supposed to be listened by somebody who's 20 years old. It should be boring. For somebody who's 20 years old, tango music is too slow. It's like classic music. I mean, mm. you don't expect somebody who's 20 years old to, to not be into pop and... It's just, you know, at that age you have like uh, plenty of energy and you have to spend that energy in any way you can. It is interesting how Tango, to tango listen, had, had a resurrection and because of that it began to bring a lot of tourists and therefore money into the country because of tango. Mm -hmm. And so the government, of course, notices this and so now does a lot of programs and says, yes, we'll do fa festivals run by the government and we, we are full support, you know, but it, it's not, it, that's a fairly recent thing because they realized this is one of our strengths. This is one of the things that draws people to our country. So we have to really exploit it. And so it's, it's only been so exploited, I would say, in the past 10 years, no? When I was younger, I would come to visit Argentina and never never came across it, never ran upon it. And I actually, when I was younger, looked for tango classes because I was a dancer and I, because I was like, okay, I'm a dancer, I'm Argentine, I should take a tango class. But I came on a very short visit and didn't find anything easy, accessible. And that was 10 years ago. I, uh, I have heard it said that the government has taken that idea and runs business courses and programs to encourage people like yourselves to teach tango mm. to suck money out of the tourists, basically, to bring money into the country. I don't think it's such a big business. I was talking to a 25, 26-year-old when I was over there, mm. and he said, tango? When I think of tango, I think of those old men with cigars over in San Telmo. <laughs> yeah. He was a local. Yeah, he was a, a local. Of course. Yeah. And that's his... That's, that's the that's, local view. That's, that's his attitude towards tango. Which, sure. You know, it's over there in those southern suburbs. No, no yeah. what I mean is uh, uh, regarding... If you want to look at it as a, as a national business, I think the numbers are really, really small. You see what I mean? Well, how many people would dance tango on a regular basis in Buenos Aires? That's what I mean. How many? I don't know. 2,000? 5,000? 10,000? It doesn't no, matter. No more than 10,000. Okay. 13 million people in the city. It's a tiny number. 
it's not a number at all. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, yes, you get people besides those 10,000, you can get other 10, 20,000 that sometime in the year take a couple of lessons, go to have a look, but still, hmm. the number is. And regarding this spending issue, younger people don't spend. You spend in a couple of lessons, but I mean, one normal person who goes to Argentina to make a, how do you call this? A facelift. Facelift? You know how much they spend? <laughs> like probably 20 people who go for tango. Oh, yes. You see what I mean? One of those surgeries, which is between 10,000 and 20,000 dollars, is much more than one that somebody who goes just dances. It's nothing compared to, to other tourists. But then you have to consider how big is tourism as an income compared to other incomes, which by itself is not that big. Mm. Yeah, the wine industry I mean. in Argentina would be the wine, or, ten thousand times larger, or not even if you compare with the country side products, no, mm. the, the soya and mm. okay. soy and cattle and I don't know what else, or even steel and electricity and oil. Yeah. So I don't think it's really a, an economic issue. I don't, I don't think the government earns one cent on this. I actually think it's more like a political issue. And, you know, after all this process of globalization in the world, it's like inevitably each country feels, especially small countries, feel the need to have something that belongs to them, you know? Like, Tango is ours, okay? Everybody can have it, but it still will be our brand. Well, it's called Argentine Tango. Exactly. And if you can occasionally win football, <laughs> the world cup, that's it, all the better. We hope we win back once again, maybe. Someday. Well, some people are telling that we have a good team. I don't think so, but it may work. But yes, I think it's a matter of identity. Mm. Well, it's a good identity. I enjoy dancing it. I enjoy learning it. See, it's fun. I love learning it from you. Thank so, you. <laughs> so, let's wrap it up. Thank you very much for coming on your story. It's been lovely to uh, hear it. Thank you. Thank you.